Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. EG, I thought on. you were kicking off the recording. Well, the recording I kicked off, so three, oh, two. Oh, I then, misunderstood what you were then saying. Then you get to I one, and then you say, welcome to Cavs of Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's start over. <laughs> no, let's just keep going. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to Cavs the Podcast. We're, it's summertime. Well, it's not summertime. It's springtime, but it might as well be summertime. because we're seven here today. Yeah. yeah. It's, nice. it's like 85 here in Los, Los Angeles. It's but, always um, 85 in Los Angeles. No, sure, it's yeah. been cold lately. <laughs> it's been cold lately, and today was like a really nice warm day. So, um, But yes, welcome to Cavs, the podcast. And it's a podcast, not a podcast. Like, it's been a lot lately. And we're uh, I'm Evil Genius. I'm joined by Nate Smith and Mike Schreiner. Is it Schreiner? Am I pronouncing yeah. it right? Yeah, Schreiner. Okay. Yeah. I always... I, like it always looks like cars. it says, yeah, like the people with the cars and little hats, right? Yeah. Um. Anyways, welcome, guys, to the first, what, the first April in a while that doesn't feature any playoff basketball. By the Cavs. For the, ca- for the Cavs. Yeah. For sure. Um, which is weird and different and for the Cavs or kind of fun, games. I have to say. I got to say it's kind of fun, yeah. though. Like, I... I, this year in particular, it seems like it would be really annoying to have a team in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Like everything. I mean, everybody's getting upset, right? Like the like the the favorites are stru- struggling, right. even though the the mighty uh, Golden State Warriors blew a thirty-one point lead, in, incredibly to to the Clippers the other night. In a game right? no one saw. <laughs> yeah, unless you well, yeah, I'm sure everybody LA. turned it off. Right? Yeah, yeah, if you live on the West Coast, you probably saw it. If you didn't, no, I well, live no, in LA. And I probably didn't turned watch it. it off. Yeah, I turned right. it off. And ha- I, I didn't. I wasn't going to watch it. I, I saw the score before I turned it on because I thought oh, I'll watch a little bit. And I saw the score, and I'm like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> like that's and I watched that's a, waste a good time. part of the you know sections of the first half, and it just looked like, oh yeah, this is over. And then yeah. I'm laying in bed going through uh the twitter machine and like just like periodic updates and i would check the score like oh they cut it to 20 oh they cut it to 15 i was like and then when they had cut it to like five with like you know four minutes left or whatever i was like wow is i don't think they're really golden state's gonna put the hammer down and then of course uh lou williams just decided he was he he was going to be um what do we call him? Good Earth Colin Sexton of just making every shot and going crazy. And, I mean, when uh, he's hot, he's as hot yeah. as anyone. Yeah, yeah, he is for sure, and he, he can score from anywhere. Right. Yeah. He's like he's like old man Fuego. He's yeah, just, he's, he's like yeah. He's he just like, torture. He's uh, Admiral Band Aid. I watched the uh, 
the recap, just a few, like a, those 10 minute recap videos I have on YouTube. Oh, okay. And I, as I'm watching, I was just thinking, well, I guess, I guess you can come back from down 31 when the other team just stops playing any defense whatsoever. <laughs> like where they just stand there and let you shoot. You, yeah, you might get hot enough. It's funny because it's like, it's one of those, like, I don't think from what I read, it seems like Golden State just didn't think any there was any way they were coming back, and then by the time they figured it out, it was like, oh, crap. Yeah, there was too much momentum. <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard that, too, that, uh, <laughs> like, like they kind of got in, they kind of got in uh, Durant's head, maybe, because Durant fouled out, right? Right. And yeah. then Boogie got hurt early in yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. He was quad. Yeah, he's done. Man, that guy playoff. can't stay healthy, can he? No. I'm kind of bummed out because that blown quad means he probably won't sign a max deal with the Lakers in the offseason. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you're giving Rob Polinka too to... much credit. Sorry, go ahead. What? I think you're giving Rob Polinka too much credit. Oh, no, no I don't that. give Rob Polinka any credit. I, I can't stand Rob Polinka, but he, but even Rob Polinka wouldn't sign a dude who had come off, coming off back to back. Achilles tears and quad tears. You know what I mean? Like that, that dude is like, I don't know if it's like, I mean, with those kind of tears, it makes me wonder if Boogie's been, been, let's just say experimenting with, with substances that might enhance his performance because Mm -hmm. typically those kind of muscle tears, what you see in that kind of uh, use, which is not, it's not as, it's not as closely, um, well, so I don't think the Achilles the because that just is one of those things that kind of just happens. Yeah. But muscle yeah, quad tears like that? But a quad that, tear, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. But the other thing is he carries a ton of weight. and He's not in the best shape. No, he has not been in the best. He, supposedly that last year he was in New Orleans, got in really good shape before the beginning of the season. And then, I mean, he looked heavy this year, yeah. uh, probably because he couldn't work out as much as he wanted. I'm sure yeah. that right. The that could be it. I don't want to be smirch. Uh, I mean, obviously, I I always forget that I'm that this is on a podcast. That yeah, he doesn't play for the magic. Hundreds, literally tens or hundreds of people. <laughs> so yeah. dozens of people. Yeah. Uh, so I will rescind what I said and not not <laughs> say because I'm not a doctor. I don't know, but yeah. I, I I just from what I've seen happen in other to other athletes in other sports that that seems to be a t- something that that potentially happens yeah um but you know. i mean they it actually helps their chances of re-signing him um although if you ask a lot of people they say the warriors are a lot better without him um although well, sure i i almost think like they wouldn't have lost that game if boogie had been playing because he just pisses everybody off enough that they stay engaged. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas, whereas Kevin Durant is just kind of a simmering um, petulance, um, you know, Boogie is more of an active irritant. Like, he's kind of the... I wouldn't call him the big man version of Patrick, Patrick Beverly because that would diminish what Patrick Beverly does, it, which is be the most annoying defender in the NBA. <laughs> He really is. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you see him? What game was it? Uh, I think it was game one where he got the tech at the end of the first half for looking at the ref and clapping, <laughs> like and they were <laughs> slow mowing it. And it, I mean, it looked like something that would happen before a shiving in a prison yard. You know, it was like, <laughs> it was like I mean, it just looked uh, malevolent. I mean, he just he just has a really 
And it's not like Lance Stevenson because he's a much smarter defender. Like, right. And it's not, I mean, he's just really good at being very irritating. <laughs> right. I think Lance is just irritating, whereas Beverly's good and irritating. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, it, Marcus Smart, but not with the buffoonery of a Marcus Smart. <laughs> right. Because Marcus Smart's just egregious flopping is what is the worst part of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and of course, is there a guy with a thinner skin in the league than Kevin Durant? Probably not. <laughs> no, he's he's sensitive. There's no doubt. Yeah, I'm sensitive, Aubrey. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he's definitely. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the the memes of him and where they're interviewing all the players, and he just looks completely checked out. I mean, it's oh yeah, he's he's an odd odd case. So, so you think it, Mike? You think it's going to be him and Kyrie in New York uh, next mean, next fall? It seems like the Knicks shouldn't be counting on that, but it just doesn't seem like Durant's going back to Golden State. No, I it don't really think he's doesn't. going back to Golden State. I feel like there's a better chance Kyrie stays in Boston, just because, like, yeah, Kyrie's always sending all these mixed signals and he's causing all these problems. Yeah, that's Kyrie. Like, yeah. he's going to do that everywhere. And what did he do in Cleveland? He did all that, and then, oh, yeah, I can make more money here than anywhere else. So I'll sign here and then right. get traded later. Right. This is a guy with some knee yeah. issues, you know, in his history. Like, I'm not so sure he's turning down any money. Exactly. And and whereas Durant, like, he just seems like kind of like now he wants to go prove he can do something on his team, which, which it's like, I, I don't know. He, he wants to dictate the narrative. I mean, which I don't blame him. I mean, play, work, work, play wherever you want to play, I guess. But it's almost like nothing makes him happy. Yeah. Which I knew that about Kyrie because he's a weirdo, but I, I'm a little surprised that I guess maybe I didn't know Durant as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I still, I think there's a scenario where they sign and trade him to the Celtics. Um, that That's wow. actually a possibility. Um, I'm thinking because wait, sign and trade who to the Celtics? Durant. No way. So, no what, way. What There's if, no way Durant's going to sign anywhere. He's going to go where he wants to go. No, no, no. But if he wants to go to the Celtics, they can't sign him outright. So if he wants, I don't to think go, he wants to go. He wants to go to New York. I, I, I don't know that. I'm just saying, Ky, Kyrie is a Kyrie could make it happen. He's magic. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I don't think here, so. Here, here's the other thing that makes me wonder about them. Kyrie is like wanted to be the guy. He's wanted to be the guy who has his team. And fine, he and LeBron made up, but I don't think that changes that Kyrie is want still wants to be the guy on his team. And well, I, think, I don't sorry. think like he is with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant to me is still clearly a better player. And so does he really want to go back to being the sidekick? Because he would be. Well, and, that, and that's why I'm skeptical. Yeah, that, that's a, a good point. And I think Kai, I think uh, Durant, that's one of his problems with Golden State, is a lot of people still see Steph Curry as the better player, My, myself yeah. included. Yeah, yeah, that's valid. Um, no, and the other thing about uh, Kyrie, um, or about uh, that whole situation is, I mean, I think Kyrie says that, but I also think Kyrie knows what his injury potential is, too. And right. he wants to lock up the money, and he knows that... I mean, I think if Kyrie's smart, he knows his knee is kind of a ticking time bomb, and that was kind of what a lot of his comments, you know, buttering up the Celtics at the beginning of the season were about. But I don't know. I yeah. mean, 
boy, Kevin Love is looking smart for taking that extension. <laughs> I mean, you look at guys like yeah. Brady and you say, hey, this is why these guys get these big extensions because you don't know your next game could be your last. You right. know, or you could have a seriously debilitating injury. You know, I think the in the older some of these guys get, probably the more they realize it. I mean, how much money do you think Boogie passed up on going to Golden State? Well, he passed up at least probably forty million from New Orleans because I think his deal with New Orleans they offered him was like two years, forty million. Um, right. That he Did was they? insulted by. Yeah, supposedly. It was a, it was at least twenty million a year. I know that. Yeah, and I think it was a two year deal, like a one player yeah. option for a second year or a team option. Right. So yeah, I mean it was at least. How long did it take a quad tear to heal? Like two months. I think. I think that's really. They're saying he'll be ready for next season. Yeah. Right. But you know, so someone someone will sign him. I mean, Mike's right. I mean, Palinka might might do it if he gets desperate. Yeah, but. Also look at what was the injury supposedly that kept um, uh, Kawhi out for almost the whole season. It was a quad injury. So some of those can yeah, take a long time to hear. I, well, yeah, I know. Why There's extenuating circumstances. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was it was a um, it was suspicious circumstances there. But yeah, I mean, I think I don't know if they're vulnerable. I think they'll still end up winning that series and probably in five games, but. They certainly uh, didn't do themselves any favors, and <laughs> it was a bad look. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. And uh, uh, closer to home, so one of the reasons that I was uh, pitching the the Celtics trade is the the J.R. Smith contract. A nice article from Chris was it Chris Fedor? Yes. Today yeah. in the Plain Dealer about J.R. Smith trade options, although. I did not agree with some of his analysis. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, the nice thing is is that J.R. Smith contract, according to the article and research I've heard before, and you've heard it on Cavs the Blog all season, it's kind of a one-of-a-kind contract in that it can be traded for his 2019 salary cap number and then kind of cleared off the books at the beginning of next season when the clock turns over. And a team that picks it up could theoretically stretch pay the five million he's owed and only have like a one point four million dollar cap hit or for the next three years. So it's an interesting situation. Um and I and I think the Cavs wanna get young players and or draft picks out of that for taking on a bad contract. But there's also the option of taking on a contract that might prove to be a decent player like a Gordon Hayward or Right. Someone like that, but there's a lot more risk there on a longer term contract for the Cavs. So and that was what I was thinking if if you were gonna trade Durant to um the Celtics, like the Celtics would send Hayward to Cleveland and then Cleveland would although I don't know if Cleveland would help Golden State, but Cleveland would send J.R. Smith to Golden State and help them clear off about their books or something. I don't know. Although they don't really have any other big contracts aside from their big four. Right. They have Iguodala and they have Livingston, but a lot of people think Livingston's going to retire. So, And he's a free agent. And Livingston, too. Does Livingston even yeah. play anymore? Not much. Uh, he's been hurt a lot of the season. I read something for The Athletic. He's got an $8 million team option, but only $2 million are guaranteed. I mean, they're oh, okay. not, they're not so picking it's a, that up. Yeah. Yeah, so he has a which you got to think they're not going to 
probably pay if they're over the salary cap. They're probably not going to pay him. Although you never know with Kevin Durant leaving. Like at a certain point, you just need bodies uh, next right. season for them. So it, it'll yeah. be it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but yeah, well, if you don't have, I mean, I would would have said that they might they might be a team that resigns Cousins if you know if especially if Durant leaves and the the free agent market for Cousins isn't isn't there and it may not be with the with the the subsequent injury so yeah I they might be able to do another one they might be able to do another one year with him and then they they just insert him in the in the KD role I guess yeah cuz KD typically plays well I guess I guess Draymond plays the the five in their their death lineup so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. There's a lot of contracts. So one of the problems the Cavs have is, so I think J.R. Smith's contract next year is like $15 million, Am I right? Yeah, I got to pull that. Yeah, I, got, I have it up. It's uh, oh, yeah. his, his deal is, oh, shoot. I know it's guaranteed for $3.8 million and Yeah, 15.7. Around there, uh, and guaranteed three point eight, and it's, but it's the, apparently the million. only. Okay, it's fifteen million for the for the caps the cap okay. space. Like okay. you can trade but it into a team's cap space, and then they're only on the hook for three point eight. Yeah, right. And I guess you know it can be traded before free agency, and it's the only contract in the league that is you that the returning salary is can be valued for. Not just what's guaranteed; it can be valued for the total year. Yeah. Whereas any contract signed after 2016, that you can only trade it for the value of the guarantee. And it's also if there are other contracts like like that, which I don't think there are. Jr's is the biggest, so the Cavs have the biggest salary cap clearing asset in the league. Right. Yeah, because they can take back 15 million, just above, just over 15 million in in right. salary. And then they could also, so one of the problems is with doing that, um, if they wanted to take a salary that's bigger than that, I think they have to match within, what, 80%, something like that? Yeah, I think it's 125%. They can go 125% yeah. more than JR's salary. So, which is around uh, 18, 19 million. But if they wanted to mm-hmm. go up into the higher range, into like the 20 to 25 million range, that's really hard to do because the Cavs don't really have a contract that fits in there. Kind of the next highest contract mm-hmm. is the Delhi contract at 10 million, and right. then a uh, the and then like the Tristan Thompson or the Jordan Clarkson. The what about the Hens? What about the Henson contract? Or the Henson contract, which is around yeah. 13. Henson's million. around 10. Yeah. Yeah, let me look it up real quick because I have all the yeah John Henson nine point eight. So yeah, so yeah, those would yeah because I don't want to even talk about trading Delhi. That's just a no go for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the league that they could definitely trade for. I mean, you look like a team like Phoenix with a TJ Warren. Um, one of the deals that I could very much see happening is Courtney Lee from Dallas, and maybe a Justin Jackson from Dallas coming with that and maybe a future draft pick Um, Mm -hmm. because Dallas probably definitely wants to clear cap space. I also, you know, we've talked about uh, there's Michael Kidd Gilchrist has a $13 million player option next year, which I have to imagine that he will pick up um, because it's probably going to be a tough free engine year for him. Uh, Chris Middleton, he'll opt out. Um, 
You've got Eric Gordon. Um, who's Eric Gordon play for? Oh, the Rockets. Um, I doubt the Rockets will make that move. Um, Marvin Williams from Charlotte. James Johnson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gorgie Dang, but he's actually owed two more years, so that's a almost yeah. thirty-three million in salary to swallow. And then you. I got, don't think they're looking for for two years out of it either. I think. I think, I think they would have to get a very good draft pick to do that. Right. They would. Have I'm to. betting. I'm betting on uh, David Griffin talking um, Anthony Davis into staying in New Orleans, and then the Cavs take Solomon Hills' like thirteen million dollar contract for for draft picks. That's, that's not that's a bad possible. Deal. And then the entire Miami Heat roster would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Deal pretty much Harris no one like, on the Miami Bring back St. Weirdo. Yeah, right. yeah but, but he has a terrible contract. He's due two more years, not just one. But I don't think uh, – I don't know if Riley does the deal with the Cavs either. I think there's still some – He does if it, helps him get, if it helps him get a Durant or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess that would have to – they'd, they'd have to know that like they're getting this guy, I think, <laughs> or else he's not doing it just to do it. Yeah, the other uh, Alan Crabb was a name that um, Fedor threw out. That was a good one. Um, but then there's also guys that are kind of higher in that tier. Nick Batum, the Cavs would probably have to add a. Um, yeah, that definitely takes another contract. Oh, at least because he's owed another yeah. fifty-two million. Fifty-three yeah. million. That's isn't that insane <laughs> for two years? Like you, you, I. Batum would be one of those ones like that. Whatever they're getting would have to be a pretty sweet. They would have sweet to get deal. a lottery pick. They would have to get probably Malik Monk, and they would. No, probably... I want that Bacon kid, <laughs> Dwayne Bacon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's only does that against he's, the Cavs. He's, he's like the huh? Dennis. He only does that against the Cavs. I know. <laughs> he's the Dennis Schroeder of uh, of Charlotte. <laughs> I mean, I'd take back Bridges, but I don't think that then. Yeah, Would they do that? They have to really be, yeah, really be hard up to get rid they're of the like, tomb. They're like, here, take Bismack Biombo and his seventeen million dollar opt in. Yeah, and the funny thing is, oh. is, most of the guys at that salary level are pretty good. Um, you know, it, with the exception of a guy like, excuse me, Andrew Wiggins. Except Andrew Wiggins is owed a ridiculous amount. I think he's got four more years left on that deal. Yeah, uh, over a hundred million dollars. <laughs> take back over. Andrew Wiggins to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, they'd have to give Cleveland incentives to take him back. Uh, Andrew so Wiggins in a first round pick for J.R. Yeah, Smith and that, how Jordan hilarious Carson. would that be? How yeah. hilarious would that turn around? Because then Wiggins and Love could play on the same team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's just some brutal contracts out there. Um, Thereby ending the argument forever. Ugh. I mean, Blake Griffin's <laughs> contract. Is, it's the dumbest argument. Brutal. Yeah, it's absurd. Sorry, Blake Griffin can't stay healthy. Look, he no. can't even play in this playoff series. No, he can't, and it's killing him. Yeah, he I mean, and Chris Paul. No wonder the Clippers never did anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely... Would you go for a guy like a Drew Holiday? He's kind of old. Yeah, see, that's why I think you're right. I think he... Maybe Griff talks... Um, Davison to stay in and playing with Holiday and running back. Although I don't know if those fans are going to forgive him either. Oh, are you kidding me? It's Anthony Davis. If he turns around and says tomorrow, I believe in where David Griffin is taking this team that that he can build a team around me the same way he did around LeBron 
in Cleveland. I, I you know, because Griffin and his press con- that's the one thing I did listen to because I haven't really been watching much okay. basketball. But, but I heard Griffin, it made me really miss him cause he <laughs> because he said stuff like, he said stuff like, you know, it's, it's bull bleep that you can't win with a small market team and, and today, you know, when, when, when they introduced him, he was talking about, he said all the right things. He's talked about like, look, we're going to try, I'm going to try like hell to get Anthony Davis to stay here and be with us. And if I can't, then so be it. You're either all in or you're all out when it comes to this stuff. But he says, I've got a very good relationship with, with, uh, with, um, Rich Paul and clutch, clutch sports. And, and I feel like we can, we can make some real headway here. So it's like, Hey, you know what? If anybody could talk Anthony Davis into sticking around and and saying, "Trust me, I know how to build around you," because they've had really poor management in you know for that franchise really ever since the NBA had to take it over, and then you know it's, oh, yeah. it's just I mean, been before that kind of teetering, yeah. But it's just kind of been teetering along. So you look at that and you say, "Well, look, here's a guy who's done it. He's proven he can do it," and Maybe, maybe that's what that's all you need. Because if you're AD and you're looking at the Lakers situation right now, you got to be having second thoughts, right? <laughs> and third and you fourth. You think? It's like, do well, I really want to go there? And the other thing is, you look at uh, who is it? You look at the Pelicans, and you realize he's saying the right things. He's saying, "Hey, we're not going to sell the farm. We're going to try and." He's trying to build the assets value back up, basically. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to. No, I know you're not. Naive. Like gonna, but like, yeah. But I was, yeah, you're right. Like that's smart on David Griffin's part because he's like, hey, if I can even sell the optimism of like, hey, there's a chance, then all of a sudden the price goes up. Absolutely. And Danny, Danny Ainge is throwing in an extra number one pick or two, yeah. and the whoever's running the Lakers tomorrow is. You know, saying like, "Well, how about all these people?" And you don't have to deal with magic anymore. But who, who knows? I, it's such a crapshoot. Yeah. Like, the thing is, I still don't think, I still don't think Griff would. Well, maybe he would. I don't know. He he may still, because of his relationship with Clutch, he may figure out a way to do it. Because this may be him helping them save face too. Because right now, Clutch is really wearing that whole. The Lakers fell apart after all the. Yeah, the yeah, they are. Rumors came out, right. so yeah, this this helps them build you, up. You haven't heard of Clutch and... signing a lot of clients from this year's draft pick draft draft. No, class. no, not at all. Yeah, and I mean, there's other guys out there, like you said, the whole Miami Heat roster. Um, I'm just going through this list. I mean, Mason Plumley. That <laughs> I can't believe he's still getting paid. Um, Chandler Parsons. Yeah, Chandler Parsons. Although that would be a big pill to swallow, Parsons has a ridiculous yeah. contract. Yeah, they need two. Yeah, they need two although he's yeah. only owed twenty-five million next year, only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that I. But the thing is, is I don't think the Grizzlies care all that much, um, because they're not up against the salary cap, and they they're, not they're basically in the position where they don't want to give away young talent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would love to see them send Tristan and Jr. to Portland for, and then take back like Evan Turner, and maybe you take back. I mean, if you, this was in Fedor's article too. Maybe you take back 
Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, and Myers Leonard, and uh, two number ones. And then yeah, but how good are those those number ones are going to be in the twenties? Still number ones. Well, no, I know what you're saying, but that's a lot to pay for. You know, if they're lottery picks, that's one thing. But if you're picking in the twenties, that's that's tougher. But they're going to need somebody because they're not going to have Nurkic all next year. I guarantee you. No, yeah, they won't. Um, Although that's my favorite. That is my favorite. like belt a ring right now. Trade Tristan to Portland because Nurkic will be out. Yeah, and and I think trade Tristan to Dallas because they're going to need a center that can actually play yeah. defense and rebound. Because they, they have, have Porzingis, but that can actually play defense and rebound. Although yeah, the other thing Tristan... though, Tristan is a guy you can play with Porzingis too. I don't think Absolutely. Mark Cuban. Tristan doesn't seem like a Mark Cuban kind of guy. Well, that may be also true, but you remember he let Dennis Rodman live in his house. <laughs> he was Mark, a well, Tristan, no, Tristan's house. not. Tristan's not crazy. He's just not a threat. <laughs> yeah, but you remember, like, you remember all how many years in a row did Mark Cuban just massively overpay big men? Remember a Donald Foyle? No, I mean, no, no. <laughs> well, Eric Eric With Dampier, signing yeah. signing De- DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you never know with Mark Cuban. He loves tall human beings. Yeah. Well, all the Cavs need to find somewhere for him to go because they need more playing time for Nance Jr. And yeah. Well, and it'd be nice if they could actually like the way the roster is now. They can't even draft a center, like because where is he going to play? Yeah, but meanwhile, all no of our minutes. big men got hurt this year. Well, I'm, well, yes and no. I mean, they were hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. But, I, I mean, true. I see what you're saying. I I do think Tristan's injury was probably legit, as was Nance's at times. But you know, the times yeah, that Zizic, Zizic the sat out, them. and we saw a whole bunch of quiche. Um, those those were not as legit. You know. Right. Yeah. I mean, so the other guy I was looking at, uh, 22 million Danilo Gallinari, that kind of fits perfectly with uh, Henson and J.R. Smith, if that team wants to cut salary. But the problem with Danilo Gallinari is he literally plays the exact same position as Kevin Love. Like well, he's also almost right. he misses almost as many games as Kevin Love does. Ex- exactly. Right. You can, although in some ways that might work out. They'd each be there for half a season. Yeah, but the problem is they probably would just miss the same games. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he, they, 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 that would also be like if somehow they stayed healthy, they might be a little, little better than they want to be next year. I, well, I do think when Gallinari's healthy, he's he is good to the point where like I'm not saying they'd be good. I'm saying like you want to keep that top ten pick. You know, Gallinari. If if somehow Love and Gallinari stayed healthy, along with some of the younger guys, they might that top ten protected pick might be in danger. Well, I so from what Kobe Altman's saying, they want to compete next year. You know, and I don't know if that means make the playoffs, but it certainly sounds. That's what they like said it. this year. Well, I I agree. I see what what you're saying, but I I also think the effective window of Kevin Love may not be what we you know I, it may not last beyond next year who knows so right kevin love is kevin love is a cleveland hero so don't be smirching i'm not besmirching him there is no <laughs> besmirching here that's nba no. champion kevin love i was right. talking about just like you just like nba champion james jones now officially running the that's Phoenix right sons 
I love James Jones. James freaking Jones should still be with this franchise. He should be. Um, I I worry about him working for Robert Sarver, who's one of the worst owners in pro. Oh yeah, but they're all bad. I mean, yeah. and there's no there's no yeah. owner that you can say a hundred with a hundred percent is like they do all the right things. Yeah. I mean, I love the way that Dan Gilbert sp- spends money. I don't like the way he yeah. metal medals and right. you know just hearing again hearing David Griffin say all those things to for the the uh, Pelicans franchise would get me fired up if I was a fan of theirs. Um, right. You know, makes you miss that guy and think, did he really have to be gone? But yeah. Yeah, it's the way yeah. it is. Robert Tarver seems like cheap Dan Gilbert, though, and that's <laughs> yeah. That's he says like the the worst of all worlds. It's like cheap right. and medals. Yeah, and yeah, has terrible basketball acumen. Yeah, right. I mean, they have drafted some bad players. When was the last time the Suns were good? When was it? Is it back in the Amari days? It was the Nash days. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, Nash, Nash and Amari was two thousand ten. Yeah. Man, this Karis LeVert kid, where, how did he come back from this awful injury and become this? Uh, he had 19 points in that second Oh, he's court. a really, really good player. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, when he like went him. down, so did my fantasy basketball team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was why. <laughs> that's, that's there you go. The but Karis no, uh, he, I mean, I remember being super impressed with him against the Cavs and everybody saying how good he looked in preseason, and he worked his butt off, but they did think he was going to be able to come back and it wasn't a break. It was just a dislocation. So, right. Yeah. So any, I got uh, I got to, sorry, go ahead. I got to say, you know, in regards to the JR thing, the one thing that, and I know Dan Gilbert's always willing to spend the money. If they take on an equivalent salary, let's say they're going to be over the cap because of Nansen loves extensions kicking in. And while you, we can say it doesn't matter. You don't want to you be paying the, the tax, tax when you're bad. And then have to do deal with those repeat repeater penalties if and when they're good again. So I do think they need to be careful about like the value. And I wonder if they'll try to get off of more money than they necessarily bring back. And uh, especially if they try to re-sign Nawaba and with the other extensions kicking in, I do I do want them to avoid paying the tax if they're not going to be any good. Is, I don't believe they're going to re-sign Nawaba as uh, much as I'd like them to. Yeah, what's their cap number? Holy cow, they have, so right now they're projected to the third highest payroll in the NBA. Wow. Right. Yeah, wow. so like they got to be careful with what they do. Yeah, so, but the other. That's even more fueled why I think they won't re-sign Nawaba. They're not going to yeah. re-sign anybody. I think they're going to let, they're going to let him walk. They're going to let uh, Marquise Chris walk. They're going to let. His uh, name is Keish. Keish. <laughs> Any of these guys, any of these one-year deal guys, they're they're not coming back. I don't think, unless they're coming back on a bed minimum. I could see Nawaba right. coming back, maybe on the qualifying offer, but I think he'll yeah, he an offer sure above did. that. Maybe he's the only one like out of, out of their possible free agents that I really would like to have back. The other guys, who cares? Nick Stauskas, who cares? Channing's retiring. Marquise Chris, if I never have to watch him play basketball again, that's fine. You know, <laughs> I, don't, but, I don't think you have to worry about that <laughs> unless you're right. tuning you into in uh, the Guangdong Dragons. Yeah. Right. But uh, Nawaba, I would, would like to see them find a way because I think he – isn't he the kind of value player the rebuilding team should be trying to resign or oh, sign? Provided, provided the next coach will use him. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. And the other – thing that I think Cleveland, you know, thinking about what they're looking for in a trade is they probably want um, 
they probably don't want draft picks from this coming draft. They probably want future draft picks because anybody from this coming draft, they have to actually pay, you know, right. especially. And if it's more than a league minimum contract, do they really want that? Right. It, it'll be interesting. to see. Yeah. Those, those, they, uh, those extensions are st- going to start getting expensive. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, Jetty's kicking in, but then la- after this year, the Cavs books are pretty clean, but yeah, yeah. I just feel like, they, they do have to be somewhat careful as far as, like, you just don't want to pay the tax when you're bad, you, and you yeah. don't want to deal with the repeater penalties that come with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of, even if Dan Gilbert has unlimited money, there's a lot of problems with being that. You can't engage in a sign-and-trade if you're over the apron. You know, you can't, uh, right. you, the way your exceptions work are different. Um, it's just, I also wonder, though, if he's going to just use the the windfall from having hosting the all-star game is, is a bit of an offset for that too. Yeah. yeah I I, like I said, I don't think it's about him being annoyed by paying the money. I think it's about the restrictions that come with the repeater tax Yeah, that, you know, getting all they have to do is not pay it again this year. And then they're out of the repeater tax. So, yeah. So what year are they hosting the all-star game? 2022. Is, is it or 2021? I'm not sure. Uh, 2022. 2022 and what year was the 50 greatest players oh geez 97 okay so it's going to be the oh that's cool so it's going to be the 22 year or it's the 75 year nba anniversary so it's 25 years after the 97 game that's really cool actually so i wonder if they'll do like a top 75 nba players that would be awesome that would be awesome because that was one of the that where would where would lebron be in the top seventy-five. Well, they just—they didn't rank them. <laughs> no, I know <laughs> he'll be in that top seventy-five, though. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but will Kyrie? He seems, seems like he's got a decent chance. I—I I, I don't know if Kyrie will. That's—he's got to be yeah. on the edge. He's—I think he'd have to win a ring between now and then. Put some. Yeah, I mean, this is in there. He's—he's he's still got only—he's still only has made one All NBA team, and that's not—not not huh. nothing. Yeah, Brooklyn I, brought it back, cut it down to seven points. They were down by like twenty at one point. Wow! And that is why I don't think that uh, Philly is Philly's just not very mentally tough. Well, they're playing without Embiid tonight. Yeah, well, that's yeah. true. And of course, you heard the Jared Dudley quote. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dad Bob Dudley. Of course, it's Jared Dudley, Dudley who just airballed a <laughs> who just airballed a three pointer badly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what happened? What happened to Jimmy Butler, man? Jimmy Butler is four of eleven with eight points and six assists right now. He's zero of three from three. I feel like Jimmy Butler like fell off a cliff this year. But he was really good, and he was the only one that showed up in the first game. That's true. I think it's just you know one basketball at this point. Yeah, I don't know if he's gotten worse, but if but he's also older than people think he is because he was in Kyrie and Tristan's draft, but he's like three years older than those guys. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. sneaky old. He's not a guy I would give a max deal to. That's for sure. <laughs> not a five years. No, no, nope. no, not a but John. You know who will, deal. but you know who will? Rob Palenka. Rob Palenka. <laughs> man. Oh man. That guy's days are numbered. Well, except, and, if they're not, they they, and if they're not, they should be. Except, uh, well, you read the Amico report article that basically said he, if he, um, if the Lakers were serious about signing a new GM, they would have not have Rob Palenka running the GM search. 
Yep. The go to church. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's all true. I mean, Eugene, you living out there, like, I know you're not a Lakers fan, but obviously you spend, you know, you are around them all the time. Are there people who, like, is Magic held accountable by fans at all for any of this? Or is he, like, is it, like, the Kobe thing? Yeah. The smart fans. There's a big difference between, I mean, there's all different kinds of Lakers fans. Because there's Kobe stands, there's like casual Lakers fans who are more like celeb. They like, they just like going to the games and then yeah. there's like the knowledgeable Laker fans and, well, the, and then the knowledgeable ones that the are like less insane ones that are completely irrational too. Yeah. But those are mostly Kobe stands. That's true. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a lot like, of overlap yeah. in that yeah. diagram. It's like a 90% overlap <laughs> yeah. in that, that group. But I'm just saying like the, the knowledgeable Laker fans absolutely pin a big chunk of this on magic because it was clear he didn't know what he was doing. And it was clear that the trouble they were getting themselves into mostly stemmed from magic. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, but then again, there's the, the, the people that are the irrational Kobe stands are like, magic is the franchise. And, you know, this is all, this is all inner turmoil and it's Rob Plinka's fault and it's Jeannie Buss's fault. And, you know, it's all these other people. It's always somebody else's fault. They, they were all blaming they were all blaming Luke Walton for most of the season. So, and now he's gone too. I just, I just look at it like magic. Like, I don't think it's, you know, you want to quit, quit, whatever, you know, he doesn't need the money, but he obviously just didn't want to put the work in. Like, let's not act like it's anything else. Just like with his movie theater chain, just like with his restaurant chain, just like with his late night hosting show, just like with his uh, failed uh, Swedish basketball league. It, it, magic, anything magic, has no, magic has no follow through. He's not. Right. He's just a. He's a celebrity. That's it. Right. He enjoys being an ambassador of basketball or an yes. other statesman of basketball. Fine. I think is. And the other the other thing with it too is the Laker. You know, everyone's been talking about Lakers exceptionalism. He was like, you know, when he said the Pelicans acted in bad faith. They acted in bad faith. They act, the La- Magic thought, oh, you have to trade him to, to, to us. We're the Lakers. Like, yep. that was like the general attitude. So, of course, the Pelicans, like, leak everything known to man and, like, destroy the Lakers' locker room. If they're going to try to, like, you know, bully them into getting their best player, that's what I would do if I were the Pelicans. I'd totally, you know, destroy yep. everything. You're not going to bully me into making a trade with you. Yep. No, that's the way they all think. That's the way that Genie Bus right. thinks. It's the way that. That Linda Rambis, who's her best friend, who helps her run the team, thinks it's the way that that her brother uh, Jim thought when when he was in charge and gave like crazy contracts to people like Timofey Mozgov. I mean, it's just Luol Deng. Like this is the problem. The Lakers have been incompetently run ever since the elder bus passed away, and it's right. just unfortunate because they all live in this this bubble of hubris that has come from 16 championships and the the heyday of the 80s and the or the 70s and the 80s and the uh, I mean just never any uh, it's where all the it's where all the the quote unquote stars gravitate especially big men stars you know mm-hmm. and that's just the you know it's this expected thing that everybody just feels like well of course it's going to happen this way and it just it's not the way it's happening now because the NBA has become in this social media era. You could be a star anywhere. You don't. You can. Right. You can play, and you can decide to team up with guys, and you can, you know, you can write your own ticket. And 
LA is not the be all end all. In fact, they're not even the, the most attractive team in LA anymore. No. And I never thought I'd say that because the Clippers, I really thought Steve Ballmer, when he bought the Clippers, should have changed the name, should have scrubbed everything that had to do with the years of, of the, the Donald Sterling awfulness away because there's no reason they should be called the Clippers. They're not in San Diego where the, the name was born anyways. Right. So, you know, like change the name to something interesting, change the, the sort of the branding of the franchise. But, you know, they, they seem to be getting heat despite that. They've managed to, you know, they have a, they have a star coach in Doc Rivers who, whatever you want to say about him, has managed to, managed to get the most out of his teams and actually has a couple of championships to, or at least one championship to, to back that up. Um, right. Unlike, unlike a certain president coach in, in, uh, Beantown. But, um, but that's, that's who they are. Like they, they, they've already got people saying that Kawhi Leonard is almost, unless, unless Kawhi Leonard wins, he at least gets to the finals or wins the, wins the championship with Toronto, he's all but stamped his ticket for Clipperland. So, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, I mean, you're really not the best team, even with LeBron in Los Angeles. And what do you do with that? Yeah, and I think, and I know this is kind of this is going to be a little out of left field. I think you know LeBron probably always wanted to play for the Lakers because he's a little old. He's older than all the other stars in the league now. Everybody else who you know came in with LeBron is either retiring or on their last legs. And maybe it meant something to him that it just doesn't mean to these other guys. And these other guys, I think, are looking at LeBron as like this old guy. Like, why? Why do I want to play second fiddle to this old guy who's turning thirty-five to play for a team that hasn't been relevant in like eight years? Hasn't made well, the playoffs since six. Yeah. Who also has to have the ball in his hand to create, right? right? I mean, that's that's LeBron's game. He's he is a he can shoot and and score, but he's also the master distributor. But you have right. to play the play the game by his rules, and you have to live with him basically coasting on defense for the majority of the regular season. Right. And then pointing at you and saying it's your fault because you didn't you didn't rotate to cover his ass. Right. And and I think like he you look, LeBron, I will always remember that championship and I appreciate it. And I, you know, fine, you left I wish you the best. But I think he's almost in his own bubble now because after the eight straight finals and the title and ending the Cleveland drought that I think he maybe misread the whole situation too. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure how much of the decision was basketball re- related to begin with. I think about, about maybe 10%. Right. Le- he got, here's the thing about LeBron. And I, and I say this from, from the little bit that I know, um, LeBron has entered, this was always the plan. He was mm-hmm. always going to end up in Los Angeles, not because of the Lakers, but because of post basketball career. LeBron, if he, I, I'm excited to read Windhorse's book about LeBron, the LeBron Inc. book that comes out this week, because mm-hmm. he goes into depth uh, about how LeBron wants to be. He wants to be the a billion dollar industry. He wants to be. He wants to own an NBA team. And if not an NBA team, then maybe a, a you know English you know or Euro League soccer team or a baseball team. Probably not a football team because I don't think the other football owners would welcome him. But um, but that's his that's his goal. He doesn't. It's not just he doesn't want to be 
he wants people to know who LeBron James is when he's 70. You know what I mean? And not right. just because he's a basketball player, because because he wants to be a businessman, because business LeBron has, has already kicked into gear, high gear. I mean, he, he, he is involved in developing or producing no less than 14 television shows and movies right now. And that's in the span of like the three years that he's had this Spring Hill, Spring Hill entertainment up with, with, uh, with Maverick. Like that's what, that's half of his time. I mean, look right now he's, this has actually helped him to not make the playoffs because he can shoot his movie this summer. Yeah. Although he doesn't seem to be getting cast members for that either. So I'm sure, I'm sure Boogie will be available to go, to go do some shooting now. Yeah. And the other thing that I read, and there was a couple articles that came out, I think one was in ESPN and one was uh, Henry Abbott's newly relaunched true hoop site. Um, was talking about how basically how the Lakers have been spinning their wheels for the last six years, whereas every other NBA franchise has basically adopted a data-driven decision-making model, you know, put analytics in place around scouting and around both their players in Europe and the draft and are basically trying to make smarter decisions and building these rosters. Every level of their roster additions are kind of these data-driven, uh, super-smart analytic stuff and the Lakers are, Oh, we're the Lakers. We don't need to do that. You know, they believe yeah, too much right. in their own mad in their own magic. No pun intended. So look, if I was them, I would have, I would have tried to scoop the, the Pelicans in a different way and get David Griffin in the building before the Pelicans hired him. Um, you know, the, Jerry West isn't available. He's, he's across the hallway in Clipperland helping them build a winner and succeeding. And the Lakers don't have anybody. I mean, they have Rob Palenka, who's a, who is, you know, was a super agent and is now, you know, widely disliked by a lot of, a lot of uh, the owners. I mean, other owners and, and, uh, and the, the new agents and, and uh, player reps that have come up behind him. So, you know, you're, you've got your hands tied because you're living in with an antiquated view as you said, without that's not data driven. That's not that you don't really have a basketball guy either in there. So, what are you doing? You just turn it over to LeBron and say, "Hey, what, what do you think we should do, LeBron?" You know what I mean? Like, that, well, and like that's what's... that's pretty much how the Knicks were run during the Carmelo Anthony years, and they didn't dig out up from under it until probably you know last year. So it it certainly not a good way to run a franchise. And I think one of the things you say, I mean, David Griffin is kind of universally liked around the NBA. Uh, Danny Ish may not be universally liked, but he's universally respected. And he's a smart basketball guy. Right. Right. Exactly. So I just think that you have to, you know, the days of, of, well, and the other thing is magic. There's a lot of rumors that magic felt like he was really stabbed in the back by a lot of the people within the, Lakers organization talking behind his back and all this other kind of stuff. And I almost wonder, was Rob Palenka one of those guys? Oh, you know? without question he was. <laughs> that's, who, that's, that's who Rob Palenka is. He's an agent through and through. That's what agents do. They they right. they will lie behind each other's backs to get ahead. Grimmer worm tongue, huh? <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's, I'm it's... not. That, that was... 
you know, Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right. No, but I don't know. I mean, like I'm already sick of talking about the Lakers. So let's talk oh, about yeah, the Cavs. I I feel let's like talk about so the Cavs many coaching. Lakers, so many podcasts this year have been I know. Lakers dysfunction. Well, and, the and it's hard because it's hard because we had LeBron and oh, LeBron left and he went to this place. So, you know, anytime that happens, even though we know you know, when you when you really take emotion out of it, you're like, Well, of course it was a business decision. He was he wanted to be closer to LA so he could go shoot you know, Space Jam 2 in the summer, or he could go, you know, do this, this television show or, you know, or that, that thing. Like, that's just where he want, wants to end up. I guarantee you four years from now or three years from now, he'll be back in Cleveland for either for a retirement ceremony or to play one last year as a, or, you know, to have one last game as a cab or something like that, just to, just to go out provided, uh, you know, provided he and, <laughs> Dan Gilbert can bury the hatchet one last time. Oh I, no! I will say something. The, your Kinderlumper just fouled out, Nate. <laughs> uh, what are they going to do now? I I will say something. Um, I do think you know to Mike's point a little bit. Um, I don't. I think the God. I'm stammering all over the place tonight. But the uh, LeBron, the calculus in L.A. I think the problems this year have hurt his image a little bit and probably hurt that off-the-court business a little bit, at least in terms of his movie and, you know, his branding and that kind of thing. And that probably is not something they expected, and they're probably trying to triangulate a little bit. And so I do think you will see a more engaged LeBron on the court next year. Oh, for sure. Um, the question will be, who can they put around him? Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's going to be the issue. So. Yeah. So if it's Jimmy Butler and a and a hobbled boogie cousins, then well, nah, it, that's it not going to be a hobbled boogie, boogie cousins. That, you don't think so? Well, no, actually, boogie cousins might not be a bad guy for them to sign if they can get him cheap and kind of see what they can do with him. But um, I I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be even worse on defense next year. And a lot of people were saying you boogie or LeBron. Boogie. Well, both, but a lot of yeah. people were saying the Warriors are actually better when Boogie sits um, because Kevon Looney is more in tune with what they're doing defensively, as is Bogut, and he kind of takes away from what the rest of them are doing offensively. And unfortunately, the last game kind of disproved that thesis, but it was mostly because the Warriors were so uninterested that it kind of blew that out of the water analytically. But I, I certainly think that's true, and... I, I think Boogie needs to go. I mean, you see when teams play him, they just go and put him in pick and roll every time, and yeah. he's having a hard. But again, time. like you said, he he had a hard time probably mostly because he was not he was not back up to a hundred percent really yet. Well, he yeah. hadn't really had an off season to work out, so he'll be better next year. But look, I I think short of getting short of finding a way to get Anthony Davis on that team, um. Like I, I said it. Like the guy I felt like they should try to trade for is Bradley Beal, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, I think so. they devalued their assets so much that isn't happening. Right. Yeah, that and I don't sense. think there's anybody in the league right now that wants Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I mean, he's a. Very I think he would take player. him, but he, his value is certainly greatly diminished. Yeah, I mean, but I think people would take him. Yeah, but they're you're not getting much for him. I mean. What would you give up for Lonzo Ball, a late first rounder? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe exactly. Probably, I mean, the side, there's a, you can't shoot, and he's hurt all the time. You can't shoot, he's hurt all the time, and he can't hit free throws. 
<laughs> and he's not the greatest we, finisher. We're still talking about the Lakers. All I right, know. Let's I'm stop sorry. talking about the Lakers. Yeah. Stop. It's cease and desist. Let's talk about the Cavs and their coaching search. Yeah. So, uh, I think, Mike, I feel like you're most plugged in here. So, what have you, what are some of the names you've oh, heard? Wow. Uh, I mean, I've probably that's the things you see in the article: the Al- Alex Jensen, Jordy Fernandez, those guys, some other developmental guys. I know they're what are their interviews with uh, Juwan Howard and Jamal Mosley coming up. Yeah. Any interest and, in uh, uh, Becky Hammond? I haven't heard that name at all. I I would like to, but I mean. I, I'd be fine, you know. I don't. No, I, but I can't. I, you haven't heard that name. That, no, I haven't heard that name. I. Uh, I also can't. You know. I don't. I'm. I'm terrible about knowing like what really makes an assistant good. Basically, if oh, everyone's like, "Oh, they're good," I'm like, "Oh, well, then they must be good." You yeah, know? I mean, unless you're I, in I that day to day, it's really hard to see. Or you see a guy in a Luke Walton that kind of takes over for the head coach while he's right. out. Um, well, that didn't yeah. take long for Luke Walton to get hired, did it? No, he was. Nope. I think he was literally hired and fired and hired within 24 hours. Like, right, the, like Sacramento so. had to hurry up and and fire Dave Yeager so that they could hire yeah. Luke Walton. Well, I'd, it, I'd be somewhat interested in the Cavs taking a look at Dave Yeager, but it seems like it's had he's had a messy ending now in Sacramento and Memphis. And yeah, they're not the most stable organizations, but you know, I don't know that the Cavs are the most stable of organizations. So I don't know. If his temperament, I've heard he is group, very but... odd and eccentric and kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah. So I and that's not. I, so I don't know what a, how good of a fit he. How about that yeah. uh, David Vanterpool guy? Isn't he? Uh, is Portland? I think. Oh yeah, the Portland yeah. person. I've heard yeah, his heard name that. a couple times. I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. how good Portland has been at developing players. I mean, obviously, but McCollum and Lillard. Uh, and they have that. They did do a good job with Nurkic. I'll give them that too. So yeah, yeah. You know, but they've also got Mo Harkless, and they've got Myers Leonard, and um, some of these. Those guys. are guys. I, I think they've they... done a decent job with Aminu. I think you know. Yeah, Aminu's he, been he, decent. He's he decent, but they've they've improved him. Well, no one could do anything with Myers Leonard because he's a stiff. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That. And it would give them a, a leg up, possibly, on going after C.J. McCollum in a couple of years. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, they, Bring C.J. home. Bring C.J. home. I but, think that, sorry, go ahead. I think there's something to be said just for the whole Nets model. Granted, the Cavs will have more draft, more of their own draft picks than the Nets did after that terrible Pearson-Garnett trade. But I think there's something to be said just develop, developing players, getting them to play hard, having that sort of culture. And I do think... They seem more interested in doing this this time around than the last time LeBron left, where it was just tank, 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 get as bad as we can, accumulate the high draft picks at the expense of not having any sort of veteran leadership or any sort of culture. I do think they, that Kobe Altman seems to value those things more than Chris Grant seemed to. I'll agree with you there. I also think they made a terrible coaching hire. <laughs> yeah, oh, By- Byron was the worst. Well, the funny thing is, was they hired Byron Scott to try and keep LeBron, and then so, and he actually helped them because he was so bad at coaching <laughs> that yeah. they got more graphics. <laughs> Much like the Lakers when they hired Byron Scott, like you kind of knew they hired him because he was so terrible and they wanted to stink for a couple more years <laughs> and get more graphics. Yeah. Yeah, he he's not a good coach. No, no, he's not. What about Mark Price? Does anybody talk about Mark Price? I love to see Mark Price, but I think he's just the shooting coach for Denver 
And yeah. Denver has other assistants that are probably ahead of him that right. the Cavs are already in. But he's Mark Price. Well, no, I'm I'm not arguing. I'm just trying to explain the Cavs' uh, you know, mindset. Uh, Fernandez is a Denver assistant, is he not? I yeah. believe so. And Jensen's in Utah. Yeah, and where's Mosley? Fernandez. Fernandez was the charge coach for a while, right? Yeah. But yeah, both both of them were Fernandez and Jensen have both coached the charge. Okay. So I think there's there's that link. Mosley, I think, is Dallas. Yeah, he's Jamal Dallas Mosley. Yeah, and exactly. he was in Denver for a while, and he's pretty well respected around the league. Um, is Juwan Howard good? Like I I've, I've been hearing his name, but like I I it sort of stuns me. Like I never sort of pictured Jawan Howard as the guy that you know, would become a, a head coach. I don't know mm-hmm. if you really want to go down the uh, Miami coaching tree right now with as mediocre as Miami's been the last several years. I mean... I don't know. They made the playoffs last year, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. and they With, like, nobody should, on that. Should nobody have made on that. it this year. But, I mean, also the guy that everybody thought was the hot uh, assistant last year was Fizdale. Well, Dragic was hurt though this for a lot this year, right? Yeah, I actually yeah, would not be surprised to see um, Jawan Howard get the Laker job. Oh, I would be. I think it's a lock for Ty Lue. You think it's a lock for Ty Lue, <laughs> huh? Lock. I, they're meeting with him tomorrow. If he leaves that meeting without a contract, I'll be shocked. Really? Wow. Yep, that's the buzz out here. Wow. Even over Monty Williams. Yep. There's no chance there. I would love to see money. Money. Here's the in thing. Here's the thing. Right now yeah, they I'm are in full. The Lakers. The Lakers are in full on disaster mode because of the magic stuff. What are they? The best look they can get is to hire the guy that that helped LeBron win his last title. Oh, I, I'm I'm not arguing. It's true. With who that. actually? Who actually? Who actually? If you believe what people talk about, and certainly it was it was it seemed to be the case at times that. LeBron respects Ty Lue, and he'll listen to him. And because the, the, part of the reason why LeBron went to the Lakers, aside from business LeBron, and here I am back talking about the Lakers again, but <laughs> a big part of it was Magic because Magic was sort of the, the guy that LeBron looked at as, hey, here's a guy who won titles, was Magic one of the best LeBron to ever play. LeBron. Of course. And then became but and then became – the sort of a, a business version of LeBron, not necessarily always successful, but like looking at that and saying like, how do you take the persona and turn it into a, a cottage industry? You know what I mean? So, and Magic was a guy that when he talked, LeBron could listen can, and respect that guy yeah. because of what he had done. There's nobody yeah. else in that organization that LeBron can would listen to and respect. None of them right. played the none of them played the game. Ty Lue played for the Lakers back in the the Shaq and Kobe oh, heyday yeah. back the, in the double O O one team. The Iverson stopper. Yeah. Step yeah. over. <laughs> the step over. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, I think he would respect Jawan Howard. He played with Jawan Howard in Miami. Um, I think he would respect, um, oh, what's his name from? Uh, Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Thank you. Uh, because he played for Monty Williams on multiple Olympic squads. I get it, but but did either one of those guys win a win a championship with him? Oh, I yeah, I I agree. But so the other thing that I guess Jawan was in Miami when yeah. when LeBron won. But I'm just saying, like these, if you're LeBron, you're about to go into your your 35 year season. You really want to start over with a guy who's unproven. 
Right. Or start over with, or or kind of reboot with the guy that you won your last championship with, who you respect, and oh by the way, used to play for the Lakers. You know, there's part of me as a human that doesn't want Ty to get that job because he was literally like part of his illness was related to the stress of coaching LeBron in this in this <laughs> right? situation in Cleveland. You're telling me it's going to be less stressful with the Lakers? Oh, not at all. But that'll be his. By the way, if he doesn't, if he walks out of that room tomorrow without a contract, it'll be because he said no. It'll be because he said, I just don't think I can take this on. Not because the Lakers don't want him. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Um, so you don't believe the rumors that the Lakers are worried about LeBron having too much power within the organization? That's why they don't want Ty Lue? No, because if you, what other, what are their other options right now? Oh, I, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> no, the other options are horrible. The other options are you have an unhappy LeBron and a bunch of young guys who he doesn't trust and a coach that he doesn't respect. And you're looking at quietly figuring out how to trade him midseason. <laughs> wow. Because he does not have a, a no trade con no trade clause any any longer. No, he does not. Deal. No, no one has a no trade clause in the NBA. Uh, the right. only guys well, with no trade clause are guys who sign one year contracts with their bird rights intact. Right. right. So, yeah. So this has been Lakers the podcast. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm okay with any of those guys. I, I would have to read more about them. I, I would like to see them look at some of these people from the Dallas coaching tree or not Dallas, uh, the Spurs coaching tree, uh, Becky Hammond. Uh, I don't think they want a notorious Messina. Um, although he certainly paid his dues in the NBA more than David Blatt did. Right. He's probably more prepared. He's definitely more prepared than Blatt was. And certainly, yeah, I mean, he I think will be a good head David coach Blatt if he gets that. the right deal. Don't tell David Blatt that unless you want to uh, unless you want punch him to, in the face. Yeah, or, or to strafe your house in his F-15. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, and Monty Williams is, is probably, he would interest me as well. Oh, I thought I, I Monty think. Williams got an absolute raw deal in new orleans like i don't right. know why they ever fired him in new orleans it was one of the dumbest firings i've ever seen well maybe we can so. get maybe we can get president brad stevens after the the danny inch fires him when they get swept by the bucks in the second round <laughs> i mean i, I don't i, do I don't think with brad, brad stevens, stevens in a crazy gonna... hypothetical world huh? i don't think brad stevens stays in oh dude do you know how much fun i would have if brad stevens came to cleveland Oh, I that's who they, I memes. wanted them to hire when they hired Mike Brown. Because <laughs> the second this the guy. second time, this guy. I I want David Blatt 2.0 just so we can just get, keep getting retread coaches. No, <laughs> Mike Brown 3.0. Mike Brown 3.0. That's what I want. Mike Brown 3.0. Mike Brown. Mike smell the fart. Brown 3.0. He was a good <laughs> defensive coach. <laughs> Back when you could actually play defense in the NBA. Well, dude, didn't I didn't watch the game, but I saw that that first Celtics Pacers game was what eighty four to seventy four. Yeah, that that throwback. But part of that is just bad. Oh man, how badly did the Pacers? Did either of you guys watch the Pacers blow that game last night? No, uh, I, I checked in, but I didn't. I wasn't able to watch things. Oh my god, it was basically really all West Matthews doing things that got him traded from Dallas, like just being terrible in the clutch. Like he threw the ball away, took bad shots. Like 
it was just played horrible defense. It he's was, like no, he's like no Ladipo. No Ladipo. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So I, I was like, how do you blow that game? It was it was terrible. And everybody's giving Kyrie credit, but it was more the they just Pacers threw fall that game. apart. I mean, yeah. he literally threw an inbounds pass from the right sideline out of bounds on the left sideline. <laughs> like he overthrew uh, Doug McDermott, who wasn't even open. <laughs> it's just like uh, it was awful. So that's too bad. So I like the Pacers. I do too. Um, but yeah, they, they just need don't have that star in the playoffs. And we talked about that yeah. earlier this year. Like the Ky- it didn't matter what Kyrie did or didn't do in the regular season because this is the time that they will need him in the playoffs. Yeah, and right. he certainly played well at the end of that game. As did uh, Tatum, who actually hit. Um, I think it was Hayward. Yeah, hit Hayward for an open layup at the end of the game instead of taking a, a double team three pointer. So. Yeah, it was, huh. but yeah, I think Boston probably gets out of that series four-one. I think the Pacers probably get one of those games at home, but you never know with Boston. They're they do weird things, so I mean they could. Even, well, they don't have Marcus Smart to play defense either, right? Oh, is he out? Of course, yeah. Of course, they also don't have Marcus Smart to jack up ridiculously bad threes at inopportune times too. So oh sort of God. cancels itself out. Yeah, I've I've got to tell you about. Did so last. Uh, so I'm in this uh, basketball league right now, um, third and fourth grade girls. I told you a little bit about it last time, but I literally have a girl on my team. So we had a scrimmage tonight, and I instituted a rule that basically said point guards can't score. <laughs> You've got to pass it. Uh, because basically it was it was the Kyrie Irving, I'm never going to pass to anybody offense uh, by the two people that ran, two girls that ran point guard. Well, one girl literally did the exact opposite and was literally shooting half-court shots. <laughs> I mean, it's a compressed court, but oh literally gosh. shooting half-court on a short basket. Did you just bench her? Did you just get her, yank her off the floor and no, say you're done? No, I didn't have enough girls to bench her. And, <laughs> and I also literally have her dad like five feet from me. <laughs> right. That's that's a problem. That is oh. a problem. I had I had Lonzo. Did Ball. she make any? Did she make any half court shots? No, she didn't make what the problem was it was the old uh uh stop shooting jump shots, please. Right. Uh what what's his name? Oh, it's gonna oh, Larry Hughes. Jeff Green. The old Larry, Jeff Green Hughes, Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes where she made the oh. first one and it's like, Oh god, no. So see, if you make the first one, you're missing the next five. You know, yeah. you got a heat check five times in a row. So that was that was my evening, and that was part of the reason I was so salty when I got home. Oh, <laughs> it was just brutal. <laughs> and then, of course, I don't know if I mentioned this last podcast, but the other person, the other girl that plays point guard, uh, her name is literally Kobe. <laughs> and oh my gosh, and and she has to chuck the dishes out a lot of Kobe assists. I'm just gonna say that, although she at least. That there is a modicum of trying to pass and trying to run the offense. So, it, and then of course they both do the Damon Jones dribble to the corner thing. So yeah, Amen owns. Amen owns. No Dino J. Oh, uh, so yeah, I would. To your point earlier, I would love to see Mark Price get an interview again, but I don't think he will. I think he's got to be. Mark Mark Price is going to have a hard time getting a head coaching job. Why? And I think it's because he nice? he's too good of a shooting coach. And it might be because he's too nice. I think he's a good shooting coach, and he's kind of gotten pigeonholed into that. Right. Nah, it's too bad for Tello's too old. Bring him back. 
He's not. If you want those eighty-four to seventy-fours? That's oh, the way to on. go. <laughs> that toupee never ages. Come on, he's got to be seven. How old is he? Seventy. Yeah, probably about. Yeah, well, in the last co- his last coaching gig was the uh, Ukrainian national team. Yeah, he's having too much fun being an announcer. I think I would so love a three-man booth. Is he still oh, yeah. um, announced for any regional networks? Well, no, the Cavs, the Cavs had him on a lot this year. Yeah, they yeah, did, they did and a lot he more. still does. Um, he Nets does games? the uh, that uh, once a week show with Vince Cellini, Cavs in the paint. Oh right, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and but he's not doing Nets games anymore. I, no, because Nets are Ian Eagle and Richard Jefferson. Oh right, that's right. So I would yeah, love... I would for Fratello Channing and uh, Fred. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I don't know. I think I don't think they. I I, I think you it's don't a, think they have the AC to hang it up, but I don't think they. I don't know if they're going to make AC hang it up. <laughs> they, they, yeah, and that's like one of those. Just games. another year of watching with a mute button on. <laughs> or just turning just to listening by. to Jim Jim Jones and John Michael on the radio while I watch the live action, trying to sync it up. Yeah, I right. like Jim Jones, but like Jim Jones, sometimes his analysis is. is is like straight from the sixties. <laughs> yeah, but at least he's not unintelligible. But that is true. Yeah, like you got yourself a bull in the china closet, and you're wondering how he got into that closet. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Or, uh, or he got himself a bird on the ground. <laughs> and you know, what the, you know what the pressure does? It breaks the pipes. Uh, stop elbowing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 shtick gets a little old. Yeah. Well, and it's, and he just loves the the mid range game, which is ridiculous. Oh, it is. It's infuriating. He yells at them. He gets mad when the players are taking open threes because they need to step oh, in. Oh yeah, like I got so mad earlier this year when he was like, um, "Who was it?" Chetty Osmond. Somebody went under on a pick and roll, and he shot a three. And he's like, "That's not his shot. That's not his offensive game." I'm like, "This is literally the offensive game of the entire NBA." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little rough, but. Wait. So where do you where do you guys think we wind up in the lottery? Oh, so I either want one or I want four or five. I don't want two or three. I think that's probably what you're going to get though, because it seems like in every uh, generator I've done, it's <laughs> either the top pick or it's the fourth or fifth pick. Yeah. See, okay. I really don't. I'm not all that enamored of John ja Morant or uh, who's the other? Who would you profile on Monday? Oh, R.J. Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, I'm not that enamored of either of those guys, and I would yeah, much but... rather. Of course, the guy I wanted the Cavs to take with the fourth pick, I just saw a mock draft that had him at 32. So I'll show Ooh. you what I know. <laughs> so, yeah, that might not that? be the way to go. Uh, Brandon Clark from Clark. Uh, Gonzaga. I don't know why you love that guy, dude. He had one good game. He's got Nate, good... you, Nate loves undersized power forwards. <sighs> That's true. You do. Oh, especially Holton. especially if they're from Europe. And weak conferences. <laughs> what, what else do you need? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just need a yeah, sweet but nickname like Gumdrop Bear. Aren't you worried they're gonna? They would wind up taking, in their infinite wisdom, taking like our uh, uh, Cam Reddish or. Oh, I don't want like, Cam Reddish. I mean, I'd like Jarrett Culver, maybe. I'm yeah, honestly okay know. with like most of the top six guys, except for, and I don't know if the Cavs see him there, Cam Reddish. I like. I think some some of Barrett. Like, there's definite concerns, but I think he's picked apart because he's been in the spotlight so much. 
And then you look at other things, and, like, I don't know if any of those other guys other than Zion are way better. Like, I could live with it. I, I can't live with Cam Reddish. So He's what do you think good. about John Morant? I like John Morant. Yeah, I, I'm fine with John Morant. I think he's going to be a better player than Sexton. Do you really not pick John Morant because of Colin Sexton? I I don't know if I feel like he's going to be a better player than Colin Sexton. Um, and part of it is because John Morant is good in college because he does a lot of things that other guys in college aren't good at. But it doesn't make him... But that everybody who plays point guard and gets good at point guard in the NBA is good at. So mm-hmm. it's this whole theory of closed skills. Like, he's got really good floor recognition and uh, he's got a very mature game for his age. But does that really mean that he is going to be long-term a good player? Uh, or was when everybody else catches up to him, is he just going to be the same as everybody else? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he is a good athlete. Um, but I just, I feel like he's a little too undersized, but of course that's Colin Sexton too. And, and maybe they can play together because Colin Sexton certainly has played more like a two, but I've, right. I've liked Sexton's attitude and work ethic. And I feel like John Morant might feel like he's the man a little too much. I don't know. Yeah. Right. The problem is, the it's problem is Cam Reddish, that. Cam Reddish is like mocked fourth or fifth typically in, in most mock drafts right now. So it usually goes Zion, Morant, Barrett, and then either Reddish or Darius Garland, the forward for uh, yeah. or the point guard for um, Vanderbilt. Yeah, well, see, the and thing then, to me is if they end up anywhere other than the number one pick, I'd actually like to see them trade out of it if they can, because I feel like between two and fourteen, there isn't a huge drop off in talent. And I'd love to see him get more draft picks and kind of more talent. Um, and, and maybe something happens with the J.R. Smith trade around that. But As long as they don't take ball ball, I'm okay. I, I think the ball ball injury uh, makes it more likely that he's there at 25 than he's there. No, he's, he's mocking around uh, 13 to 15 right now. Yeah. Oh. I, I, the mock I saw had him in the 20s. So. Uh. Soft big men with bad feet. Not, <laughs> well, not just bad feet, bad legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't bad. mind Hunter if they fall to six. Not, I don't I think like he's going to be a star, but I think I can see him failing. And I think once you're getting out of those top few in a draft like this, at least go, I think. Get a guy with uh, a high I, floor. Yeah, high floor, sure thing. To at least be decent. What yeah. about uh, Jackson Hayes, the kid out of Texas who just declared? I don't know a lot about him. What, what positions he play? He's well, he's power power forward, but he he can also play. I mean, he's six eleven, so he plays center too. Yeah, he's averaging three three and a half blocks a game this year. I mean, that wouldn't be the fir- the worst thing for the Cavs to add somebody who could actually block a shot. Yeah, yeah. He's also I I'm assuming not much of a shooter. No, probably not. No, he hasn't shot a three all year. Yeah, the problem is on the Cavs. Like literally, there's no minutes for him right now unless you clear out. Like one of the one or two of the five centers they have, right? And, and that's an issue. Yeah. And, well, and they gotta get rid of. They gotta of, get rid of. Sorry, go ahead. They gotta get rid of Tristan. Yeah, at, at least Tristan and and maybe um, Henson as well. Yeah. Maybe. Well, at least one I mean, of them. Definitely. I mean, it's not like they they don't want to play love at the five. So Nance is Nance is ostensibly your starter at the five with Zizic backing him up. Right, so yeah, I mean Henson's kind of a kind of a 
fourth big man, I guess. Right. Sorry, I have to move to another room. Fifth big man. Um, Sixth big fifth? man. Fifth. Yeah, Wait, that big man. Well, I'm, t- I'm saying if you get rid of Tristan. Well, yeah, but you also remember Love plays Summit Center. Eh, I don't think they want him to, though. I don't think they do either, and I don't think you'll see that that much. Um, it just increases his risk for injury. I absolutely agreed. I think it's just if they play Nance and Love, it's just one person's guarding the better off- Lance guards the better offensive big. I think it's yeah. it's pretty much if they who, get Zion, if they get Zion though, if they get Zion, do you think they trade Kevin? No, because Zion can play the three. Yeah, I don't know if that's Annie. Yeah. Okay. Zion's one of the best defensive players in the draft. I mean, you can play him at the In three. college? Well, yeah, all of them are in college. I know. I'm just saying, like, uh... I think you can play Zion at the three, and they don't have to share the floor all the time. I mean, you it's can true. stagger them some. I mean, yeah. really, the I guess my point, my, point is more, my point is more, does that give you the luxury to trade Kevin Love, where you then maybe get something at the deadline for Kevin and build around Zion. Zion. Yeah, I mean, like, certainly gives you that luxury. I like, mean, move Zion to the big spot and trade Kevin for a decent young wing? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I think there's there's something to be said for both of those things, I think. I'm not saying they, sh- they should necessarily, but it certainly would give them an option. Oh, absolutely. What do you guys think of Kobe White from, uh, from North Carolina? Undersized, right? He's six five. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Short arms. Short arms. <laughs> Gator arms white. Yeah. I don't know. But, I didn't see him I didn't see him in a was he any good? Um yeah, I mean North Carolina he was one of the better players on North Carolina. He's a good uh six five, one eighty five? Yeah. God, he's I mean, a stick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people say that... Um, like Colin Sexton weighs more than him, and he's three John inches Moran shorter. supposedly weighs 200 pounds. I was about 6'5", 185 my senior year of high school, but you can count, I was also a cross-country runner. You could count my ribs, so that was a long I mean, time ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Was, you're, a tall, you're a tall man, Mike. I did not picture you as a tall man. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't five. picture you either. Probably helps with uh, keeping the kids in line, huh? That doesn't hurt, you know. <laughs> Mike Mike is a uh, teacher. For those of you who don't know, I won't say what he teaches, what he teaches, or where. But that's okay. I hope I hope I didn't give too much away. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, but I mean, I will say. I guess the one thing I'll say about John Morant, he does look like he has an NBA body. Like he does yeah. look like he's cut. Like the one thing that kind of scares me about some of these guys, they just are sticks. I mean, there's so many just super thin guys. That I feel like in this draft. Who is this guy? They mock to the Cavs. Leguens Dort. Oh, I, he's, oh. This guy? he's Arizona State. State. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's the Arizona State guy. Yeah, yeah. There's what mock are you looking at? Uh, the CBS mock. The this is uh, Kyle Boone's mock. Okay. And Gary Gary Parrish's mock. Nate, you had a guy. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. His, I can't remember his oh, name. He um, with an M. Yeah, the guy from Washington. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'd be interested in that guy. I, I understand he plays more of a zone, so the defensive stats might be a little overblown. But other than this year, he's hit, shot well from three. He's been a good defender every year, and he this is his first year playing zone. That guy, you know, at the 26th pick, 
Absolutely. Sign me up for a 3-and-D guy at 26. Well, it's funny because uh, the Steve Kyler mock draft had him going ahead of, and now it's going to drive me nuts what his name is, um, but it had him going ahead of Brandon Clark. And I was like, Brandon Clark is the same player. They're the same age, but he scores 10 points a game more. Like, why wouldn't you take Brandon Clark? Right. Um, Washington Huskies... Uh, player of the year. What's his name? Tybal. Matisse Tybal. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he's really, yeah, him and Brandon Clark's defensive numbers were like off the charts this year. Like, those two guys were far and away the best defensive players in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are both like 6'6, um, kind of can guard four positions players. Um, yeah. Which every NBA team needs now for these super switchy defenses. And yeah, I, I actually think Brandon Clark's probably a better player, but uh, Matisse Seibel might be the better defender. And because he's, he almost might be better because he's got a morally def- more clearly defined three and D role. Um, I, I'd like to see the switchy defenses go the way of the Dodo. I, I can't stand them. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> Well, part of the problem that you end up with, with them, you end up with more ISO play. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, we got away from ISO play for a while when they changed the uh, illegal defense rule. And then, and now you're seeing more and more teams go back to it just because of, you know, you can, everybody switches and you can get any matchup you want. Especially when you play these five out offenses where you basically have to stick to the guy because he can pick and pop on the switch. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I I certainly think there's a lot of talent in this year's draft, but I don't feel like, and maybe John Morant and maybe R.J. Barrett are those guys, and maybe we've just looked at R.J. Barrett's works too much, and he looks a little too warty compared to. Uh, I mean, he's the three they need if they don't yeah. get Zion. <laughs> he's not the three they deserve. He's the three they huh? need. <laughs> he's the three that they will get stuck with. Um, yeah. No, so I mean, here's a question. The if, thing, if the Cavs, let me just finish on RJ Barrett. Real All right, quick. I also think Mike Krzyzewski's awful coaching this year did not do RJ Barrett any favors. Like Krzyzewski, they're off. Like he, how many times did he put uh, Zion Williamson as the role man in the pick and roll? Like three times all year. Like it just their their offense made no sense all year. So anyway, yeah. what was and, your question? And, the other thing My is, question, is there, yeah. oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. If you're going to talk about Barrett. Yeah, I, he, he's, he's really a big shooting guard who can pass, right? And he's working on a shot. Well, Zion, or, or I mean, Colin Sexton's a small, smallish point guard who really struggles with passing but can shoot. So at least, like, maybe their strengths complement each other as far as, like, strengths versus weaknesses. Like, you can kind of see a fit there in that sense. Like, Barrett could handle the ball more and, Initiate more and there's oh, not for sure. For sure. It's like I LeBron and Damon. Yeah. What were you going to say, EG? I was going to ask the question of okay, let's say if the Cavs don't get Zion, where would you like him to wind up? Ooh, that's a good question. So let's go look at the. I got to go look at the uh, NBA. Atlanta. Ah, I don't know. They might be too good. I mean that's a that's an awesome team all all oh of a sudden. Oh my gosh, around yeah. Young and Collins and yeah, yeah, they got a lot of good players. Yeah. Well, I just try to figure they'd be fun. Yeah, they would be. Where would I like to see him end up? It wouldn't be the worst thing to see him end up in Charlotte. 
just because I feel like that's been a long-suffering fan yeah. base. Plus, um, the, all the Larry Johnson comparisons of Larry Johnson and Charlotte might be a lot, might be fun. Yeah, yeah. And because I pretty much hate every other team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to see him in Minnesota just because they've had so many guys, and I don't want to see him on the Lakers. I don't want to see him on Miami. Uh, Sacramento might be okay, but I feel like that's almost an embarrassment of riches. Um, yeah. Phoenix, I, God, I wouldn't want to see him in Phoenix. I just don't want him, I don't want Phoenix to screw him up. Yeah. And I don't want to go Chicago. I don't want to play him twice a year. I don't want Chicago to screw him. Washington doesn't deserve him. New Orleans might be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I'd love to, I'd love to see New Orleans wind up with him and then, and then you, then, then it's a, a different conversation with, with, with uh, AD, I would think, yeah, because then all yeah. of a sudden you're saying like, well, all of a sudden you got you, Drew Holiday, and and uh, and Zion. That's a pretty good three. Yeah, and and Memphis also, I wouldn't uh, be opposed to either because uh, I like Mike Conley a lot, and and they already got a good draft pick last year. Like they could, they could make some noise in the West in the future with mm-hmm. Zion, and I also feel like. That that fan base has suffered a little. Yeah, I think I got a second Mike's Atlanta thing though. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch that team. It would be a lot of fun to watch that team. It'd be a little bit scary though. Yeah, they'd be, they could be really good. They could be a long t- for a long time. They could be really good. On a side note, I just noticed that the Spurs are leading the Nuggets by four going into the fourth quarter. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I wish I got that game, but that game's on NBA TV. That's the one problem with. Uh, 18 uh what is it direct tv now is, oh yeah you don't get uh, nba TV. tv is like 15 bucks a month to oh my god nba tv yeah. and that's a lot of money well nate <laughs> yeah. you could just you could just turn on the golden state uh clippers game on on uh, tnt yeah i just noticed as far as i like looked at the well uh, no ESPN i have the golden paper. state clippers game on but i'd like to watch that's what i'm saying game. yeah yeah you don't want to watch a spurs game that's just boring <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, I'm kind of you surprised. You think the Spurs Denver, are going to win that Denver series? Done better. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Oh, I'm I'm not arguing with you. I just think Denver's been super unimpressive. Yeah, and they're, they're just young. They're, they're so just young. young. They don't. Like, yeah. I feel like Jokic took a step back this year. I don't know. <laughs> we talk about if dad bod. If somebody <laughs> had Jokic on his fantasy on team, I was pretty thrilled. What were you What's saying? That? I had Jokic on my fantasy team this year. I was pretty thrilled. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you were. <laughs> Jokic, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Jokic is like Mark Gasol before, or Mark and Paul before they got in shape. Like, <laughs> you, like remember that picture of them on the boat? <laughs> like, <laughs> you did, did you ever see that picture? Like they were partying on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean or something and some paparazzi took a picture and they just both looked like orca whales. <laughs> and, like it motivated them both to lose a bunch of weight, so... I kind of feel like that's where Jokic is now. Yeah, I guess he's been fine. I just, I don't know. He you, just, something annoys you about that team. I just don't. They don't impress me at all. Like, how so? There's like, like too many, too many similar guys like Murray and uh, Barton, and, and they yeah. just all feel like the same guy to me. They don't really have a point. Like guard. I like they don't Jokic. Really have a small but... forward. Yeah, they're a weird team. Like they don't really have an yeah. identity. I mean, Jokic I is the saying, identity, but he disappears. Yeah, I was wrong about Jokic. He guess he, he actually improved across the board. 
I just feel like I didn't hear about him as much this year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because he plays in Denver, probably. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I, and also and I stopped listening kind of to the, the, to the Zach. Well, I stopped listening to the Zach Lowe podcast as much, and he used to be the like the major Jokic, like yeah. like espouser. So. Yeah, and he, and Jokic is a lot of fun, but I I do feel like they don't really have a closer either, and that is one of the things that hurts them. Although, who who was it? Jamal Murray last game was it? Jamal Murray yeah. uh, was yeah. what seven for seven down the stretch. So. Yeah. Well, he's one for five tonight, so. <laughs> right. Well, isn't that the way the six. NBA works? Yeah. Yeah, and the, I will say the one funny thing about, uh, I don't know if you guys read Ben's article last week, but when he picked Utah to, like, possibly upset Houston, I had to laugh because I was like, that is not happening. No. Like, Utah is no. just, the problem with Utah is they are playing in fifth gear all regular season, and they get to the playoffs, and everybody else has another gear, and they don't. And that's every year with Utah. Yeah. And they only one offensive creator. I mean, well, it's Mitchell, Mitchell's but one. he hasn't been that good this year. I mean, he's right. been bad at finishing, frankly. Yeah. And he did take a step back. Well, and yes, they ran did. that dopey scheme for the first two games when it clearly wasn't working. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's like they just didn't adjust. And. I I hate teams that stick with a bad scheme even when it's not working, you know, or or as I call it, the Longobardi conundrum. Now Longobardi adjusts just to a worse scheme. <laughs> That's can, true. That's true. Can someone kidnap that guy in the off season? Well, I, I just want him to go to the Lakers. Well, that's all the more reason you should be rooting for Ty Lue to get that job. That is true. That is. I I don't really <laughs> care who gets the job. I just a little bit to Mike's point. I don't want to see him that miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really, like, I, I would feel for the guy. Like, you know, he certainly has his flaws as a coach, but he was the coach on the team that won the title. I don't want I want the guy to just be sick constantly. Yeah, from but, dealing but with he's him. got the ultimate game plan for LeBron. Just play him 40 minutes a game. <laughs> it does and work. Se- and have a seven-man rotation. Yeah. All he's got to do is make sure LeBron does not age another day. That's right. The one thing that. about Ty Lue is, like, I don't know if you ever read any of the profiles on him, but I, I think he grew up pretty poor and, mm-hmm. you know, has always been a scrapper. I think it would be really hard for him to turn down the money. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, Ty, because when's he going to get I don't know. Isn't again? Dan Gilbert still paying him? <laughs> well, right. That's but true. I don't know if there's offset language if he gets another job or if he gets that money, too. That's Eli true. would probably know, but. Yeah, I mean, Ty seem, always seemed like a good guy. I mean, I, I yeah, good for him if he gets he was the a job. Head of coach I just... in the 2017 playoffs or 16 right. playoffs, right. it's just I like everybody on the Cavs burnout hit him hard last year. Yeah, yeah, and and at the beginning of this year, it was like he just looked completely checked out. And yeah. I think yeah. I think him and Larry Drew had more than a little bit of a beef with the way the organization handled, you know, firing the other assistants, going younger, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I think they were more than a little miffed about that. So I think that's part of the reason Larry Drew didn't want to come back. So, Although I would not be surprised to see Larry Drew be his top assistant if he does get yeah. hired in L.A. Take yeah, them all. Like bring the whole group. Oh, get yeah, the take, gang back together. The whole confederacy we're getting the band of back together. Yep. Well, we're getting pretty long in the tooth here. Yeah. Um, anybody got anything to pitch? No, not not now. 
<laughs> not now. <laughs> I probably. <laughs> Um, I, mean, yeah, I don't. I don't really have too much. I finally finished season three of The Expanse. Very good. Um, they don't watch any good movies lately. That, not really. Um, I'm excited for Endgame. I'm, I'm an Avengers nerd, yeah. so I'm excited for Endgame. Yeah, we're all excited Next for week, Endgame. Next ten days weekend. and counting, or nine days and counting now. Yeah. A week from today, tonight. Yeah. 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 It'd be crazy. And, be good. And, three hours. Strap in. Three hours long. And. I, this will probably be the only podcast that came out today where you don't hear the words uh, Mueller report. Well, I guess I could just ruin that. You just, but... you just ruined it. <laughs> but you won't hear anything it. about it. But yeah, but you won't hear the word redacted. We won't, oh, none of this podcast was redacted. Yeah. No. All, yeah. Well, and if it was, you wouldn't know. <laughs> or care, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I, I may go redact some of my stammers from earlier, but that's about it. Yeah. Can you redact the part where I said that um, uh, Nikola Jokic took a step back this year? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just my own. That was just my own like skewed bias for not looking up facts on a podcast, <laughs> like a jackass. Well, who needs facts? That's true. Yeah. That's, that's why yeah. the Mueller report is great. Who needs facts? Stephen A. Smith making. $10 million a year at ESPN has nothing to do with facts. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I don't it's think true. he ever quoted a fact ever. Do you think he just gets paid for the, like, how, the volume of his voice? Yeah, like it's per decibel. Like, I wonder if they have like a certain amount of like shouts that he has to, has to have in a, <laughs> per, per it's day. It's quite frankly ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off the weed. The, the greatest one ever is the, uh, is the rant about not taking, um, uh, Okafor for the Knicks. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like, oh, that age. Well, I saw where he was like stumping for Mark Jackson to be the Lakers coach, oh. and I thought, oh, that's that's priceless. That would that be pretty is awful. Too good. There's there's just like I don't even know if I'd wish that on. I would not wish that on LeBron. No. I mean, the one thing that you can say, like, Mark Jackson was insane. Like, do you ever read the stories of what happened with uh, Golden State and why he got fired? Like, he was no. a lunatic. Like, yeah. he just thought everybody was out to get him. All of his assistants wanted his job, and he, like, he burned every bridge in that like, org. Yeah. So he was the Hugh Jackson of uh, the NBA? I Oh, is that? Oh, a, a little, uh, a, a little uh, inside info there. No, no, just Hugh Jackson would always think that everybody was against him and was trying to sabotage him. In the end, they were, but... Like, the actor? Oh, I'm thinking no. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. God, I'm oh an idiot. God. You really are bad with names. <laughs> Jesus Christ, oh, I'm horrible. Sorry, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm so frazzled tonight. <laughs> Wolverine just had it in for everybody. <laughs> were you guys excited about the Browns' schedule? released this week oh everybody was i wasn't i'm not much of a brown a football guy but i'm sure you guys were yeah football well, was hey, third. Four, football i'm excited for, for four primetime games for cleveland yeah i'm excited yeah i haven't seen such such heady days since uh kellen winslow jr was playing tight end since oh god <laughs> hopefully it's a little bit better than that uh yeah who braylon edwards was playing wide receiver yes <sighs> Well, Dang. it's too bad you're not able to see this the San Antonio Denver game. <laughs> Thanks. Well, because well, because uh, what's his name uh, Jamal Murray just got into it with uh, Jacob Pertle. 
yeah. for setting setting a pick. That's the other problem with uh, Denver. I feel like all their players are so young. I have no idea who they are. A- yeah. As much yeah. with Jacob Pertle. <laughs> Pertle the turtle. Yeah. Huh? Well, this has been another episode of Cavs the Podcast. Uh, I'm Nate Smith here with Evil Genius and Mike Schreiner, and uh, we'll probably be coming back uh, maybe in a week or two with uh, yeah. hopefully some more, more draft coverage. Draft coverage, yeah. And, uh, and maybe, maybe once we get a head coach, we can talk about that too. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. Seems like they're taking their time. So well, they have plenty of time, and a lot of these guys they can't necessarily interview because they're in the playoffs. Right. That's a good point. All right. And All right. As always, go Cavs. Hang in there, Cavs fans. Go Cavs. <laughs> go Tribe. <laughs> go Browns. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite bloggers.